Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu anna Muhammadar وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فقد قال تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد إنما المؤمنون الذين إذا ذكر الله وجلت قلوبهم وإذا تليت عليهم آياته زادتهم إيمانا وعلى ربهم يتوكلون وقال تعالى من عمل صالحا من ذكر أو أنثى وهو مؤمن فلنحيينه حياة طيبة ولنجزينهم أجرهم بأحسن ما كانوا يعملون صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Respected elders and brothers Almost every person on the surface of this earth is looking for a peaceful, comfortable, happy life. 
as believers we want a comfortable life in this dunya as well as we want a comfortable life in the year after generally the notion in the minds of people is that materialistic things and worldly things will bring about happiness but even the experts in this day and time the psychologists are telling you that sometimes materialistic things ultimately will bring about more unhappiness in your life it is something that we commonly witness where we will find people living so prosperous lives people who are so well known people who are famous people who are celebrities who are living in the greatest amount of comfort but ultimately it is those very same people who will go and take away their own lives what will cause someone to do something like this if it is not misery that is within his heart and dissatisfaction so outwardly all the pomp and glory all the smiles all the laughs is just a superficial show in reality the person is so restless and is so uneasy from within that eventually comes to a point where he cannot take it anymore and he has to take his own life away this is because the whole focus is on materialistic things it's on worldly things people think we have got more things then we are more happy but that is not the reality in fact if you will find some of the wealthiest people are the most unhappy people on the surface of this earth people who are living in comfort who are living in luxuries who have got absolutely no shortages in their lives but they cannot sleep at night they need to take a sleeping pill the man is restless the man is anxious what is the reason for his anxiety what is the reason for his restlessness it is something within him that he does not have that inner satisfaction he does not have that inner peace and he does not have the inner happiness and on the contrary you will find people who are living such simple lives people who are poor people people who are down and out people who do not know where the next meal is coming from but when you look at the life that they are living you will see they are living the happiest lives there are people that live very very happy they have a lot of satisfaction they have a lot of peace and their lives are continuing with a lot of happiness so happiness success peace satisfaction does not come from worldly things it does not come from materialistic things this is where unfortunately we have been deceived in believing this we have been deceived unfortunately that we are starting to believe this so that is why our whole effort our whole mindset our whole focus all our resources are only used on materialistic things now how can i upgrade this vehicle how can i upgrade my home how can i do this how can i do that but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the creator of mankind remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he created us he knows us better than we know our own selves allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is best in our interest that is why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent anbiya salam approximately 124,000 anbiya go and teach these people how to live go and teach them how to live and how to die live in a way that when you die you're ready to die also you're prepared to die you are happy to die you are prepared to leave this dunya so they didn't just came to teach us how to live they came to even teach us how how to die how to leave this dunya in one condition we need to leave so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the ayat which i recited now in the khutbah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us the prescription whoever you are whether you're wealthy 
Whether you're poor, whether you're educated, whether you're uneducated, whichever background you come from, irrespective of the color of skin you have, irrespective of the language you speak, Allah is giving you the prescription. Remember, the doors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are opened up to everyone. Every person can get the proximity of Allah, whoever you are. Yes, you just need to be prepared to make some changes, some adjustments in your life. And you can become a friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, Man amila saliham min dhakarin o untha. That person who does good deeds, good deeds is a part of his life. He made that the priority. His life revolves around doing good deeds. It's not just a superficial thing. It's not just to show people. But he's driven by the power of Iman. He's a believer. He recognizes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything he's doing is to please Allah. It is because of his Iman and his recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not just something that you're doing by the way or something you're doing because you need to show someone. No, he's doing it with Iman. He's doing it with sincerity. He's got that drive of Iman in him. Whether it is a male, whether it's a female. Allah Ta'ala says, Then most certainly, definitely, we're going to give that person a very pleasant, a very comfortable life in this dunya. We're going to give him a peaceful life. Allah is going to make his rosy easy for him. Allah is going to make halal rosy. He's going to provide him with halal sustenance. Allah is going to give him contentment. Allah is going to give him satisfaction. Allah is going to give him peace. Allah is going to give him the enjoyment of ibadat. Now that man is going in sajda. That is a different feeling he's getting. That even the richest of people, even the greatest of monarchs, what you will not get in five-star resorts, that man is getting in his sajda. That man is getting in his zikr. That man is getting in his dua. When he's crying and he's making dua, that satisfaction, that peace, that feeling, that happiness, you'll never get it anywhere in the world. All the money in the world cannot buy you that feeling, cannot buy you that peace and that satisfaction. So Allah says, In this dunya, we're going to bless him with a very pleasant life, with a very happy life. And And in the akhirat also, all the good deeds the man did, he's going to get his reward for it. So the focus is on a'mal. The focus is on good deeds. As a believer, that should always be your concern. What good deeds do I have in my life? How many things am I doing? How many things am I lacking? If you look into the lives of Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, Sahaba were very, very successful people in every respect. They were very successful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed them with phenomenal success. Hazrat Umar bin Khattab radiallahu an, when his name was taken before the superpowers of that time, they should start shaking. Umar radiallahu an was a simple man. Hazrat Umar radiallahu an wasn't wearing any fancy clothing. He didn't have any branded names. He did not have any big degrees or qualifications. But when his name was taken, Umar at times when people looked at him, you know, he had patches on his clothing. His kurta was filled with patches. When people came to Madinah Munawara, they couldn't believe this is Umar bin Khattab. They thought they're going to come and see some bungalows, you know, they're going to see some palaces. This man here, what he's got? Simple man. 
just you know resting under a tree taking shade under a tree simple clothing what he had he had the power of man he had the power of amal of good deeds that was sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum they ignored everything else what rasulullah told us to do are we doing that or are we not doing that let us ask ourselves that question Rasulullah came to this dunya. He brought teachings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent teachings in the Quran. Am I doing that or am I not doing that? Leave everything else, ignore everything else. Am I doing what I was supposed to do or am I not doing it? So Sahaba radiallahu anhum, their whole focus was on amal. One day Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asked the Sahaba, Man asbaha minkum sa'ima. Who woke up today with Rosa? You know, one is we fast in Ramadan. But besides Ramadan also, you get a lot of other fasts that are sunnah. And then it's also a lot of fasts that is nafal and preferable for you to keep. The sixth fast of Shawwal. Person fasts on the day of Arafah. Muharram, the Ashura, the nine days of Dhul Hijjah. All these different days that a person fasting Monday, Thursday, 11th, the 12th, the 13th, 14th and 15th of the month. There's a whole sunnah fast. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, says, Anna, I'm fasting. Nabi Sallallahu asked him, he would have not told of his own accord, but yeah, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi asking, now who woke up with Rosa today? Then Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked the Sahaba, Who followed the janazah today? Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, Anna, Alhamdulillah, I attended the janazah today. Then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, Today, who, feed a, who fed a poor person? Who gave food to a destitute? Hazrat Abu Bakr said, Anna, Alhamdulillah, I did that today. Then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Today, which one of you visited a sick person? Hazrat Abu Bakr replied, Anna. Now, Hazrat Abu Bakr, remember, there's consensus in the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jamaat, the greatest man. <coughs> To walk the surface of this earth after Ambiya was Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, the greatest man. After Ambiya, you think Hazrat Abu Bakr just became Abu Bakr because of his name? Did he become Abu Bakr because of his family lineage? Did he become Hazrat Abu Bakr because of his language? It was his amal, it was his deeds, it was his qualities. <laughs> That's what made him who he became in life. We think that, you know, I'm coming from a very good family. My grandfather was a great man. By what your grandfather was, that was your grandfather. What are you? What have you become? What did you make of yourself? What values do you have in your life? What values have you instilled in your children? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Nabiya Kareem Wasallam then said, For all these actions, to come in one person on one day, that is a sign that this man is a jannati. Hazrat Abu Bakr this man is a jannati. Because of look at all these qualities, all these amal that he has got in his life. The ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed. The first ayat of the fourth sipara. Remember the Quran is addressing every single one of us. When you hear an ayat of the Quran Sharif, don't think this ayat was for the Sahaba or it was for Stone Ages or Kem. That ayat is also addressing me and you 
at this very point of our lives, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you will never ever be able to gain piety. You can do what you want to. Until and unless you do not spend from that which you love, that which you like, you like for yourself, you spend it. You know, there were some pious people. It's hard for us to emulate these things, but just to know if anyone asked them for anything, they gave it to the person immediately. Let's say you bought yourself a brand new jacket now. 2,000 rand you paid for the jacket. Expensive jacket. You just came to the mother, someone to eat. Nice jacket. Took the jacket out and gave it to the person. That was people that we had in our history. Now you can't even give your own brother. You can't even give your own sister. You can't give your own family anything, let alone giving any outsider. Now we have gone so, you know, so stingy. The stinginess has set into us to such an extent, it's hard for us to even, even offer our guests something to our house. Even to call someone to your house for a meal now, it's become like a, like a mission, you know. Hey, now I have to invite this man here, make every excuse not to invite him. So this ayat was revealed. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala he was a very wealthy Sahabi. He had a lot of orchards. One of his orchards, the best orchard, the most beloved to him, was called Beiraha. There's different ways you can pronounce this. Beiraha, Beiraha. That was situated in front of the masjid. In fact, till now, generally people who, who go for Umrah, normally we will live that we will, we will stay at the side near the Malik Fahd door where Hilton is etc all these hotels are on that side so if you enter from that door when you come to the second door in the Haram Sharif there's some markings on the ground that show exactly where that well was situated Nabi Karim used to go into his not well well it was an orchard but there was a well also in the orchard so Nabi Sallallahu would go there and the water was very sweet from the well and Nabi Sallallahu would drink the water of that well. When this ayat was revealed, the Sahabi goes to Rasulullah and he says, Oh Rasulullah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, You can never ever get piety until you do not spend from that which you love. Oh Rasulullah, this is my most beloved orchard. This is the most expensive orchard that I have got. I want to give it in the part of Allah. For the pleasure of Allah, for me to secure my reward in the year after. Nabi Karim got extremely pleased. He said, Bakh, Bakh, excellent, excellent. You know, that is wealth that is going to really profit you. It's going to benefit you. You struck a bargain. This is the deal for the Akhirat. You worry about the deal for the dunya. What are you going to do in this? Before you know it, you'll be gone. Before you know it, Malkul Mouth will be knocking on your door. He's there to take you away. What's all this? Is nothing. You're leaving it all here. Nothing you're taking with you. The hadith says when a person passes away, three things follow him to his grave. One is his family. The second is his wealth. And the third is his actions. His wealth, well, now how you'll apply it? The wealth, you know, the man is going now, you're going to bury him all his cars, expensive vehicles, the BMs and the Mugs and the X5s, all are going there. All are taking him there to the grave. But eventually, what happens? Two things go back. Your family goes back, and your wealth goes back. In those days and times, people had slaves. So the slaves would go. And some even say, in the days of ignorance, they would take the man's treasure with him. And when he, after he's buried, immediately they would distribute the estate. 
Even in the days of ignorance, they knew when it comes to distributing an estate, you are not supposed to be procrastinating and delaying. And now in our time, months can pass and years can pass and no one talks anything about the estate. But remember, this is a very serious thing. It's a serious sin. That estate needs to be distributed. Whoever is a shareholder, whoever has to receive his share, he needs to receive his share. So Rasulullah said two things go back. But what remains? The amal. The good deeds will remain with him. Whatever good you did, your good will remain. In fact, even they say, na koi raha, na koi rehega. Even in this dunya, no one stayed and no one will stay. If anything stays in the dunya, it's the good that you did. You know, the man died. You don't talk about, hey, you know, that man, he drove a fire, or that was the car he was driving, or he was wearing, you know, you go boss clothing. They don't talk about that. Someone would say, you know what, this man here, one day, I was in a difficulty. It was this man that came to help me. I can never forget that. Someone would say, I was a financial problem. This man came and he assisted me. This man helped my cousin. He helped my friend. People will speak about the good you do. All these people have passed on. Sahaba passed on. Tabi'in passed on. What we speak about the good that they do because they left behind very rich legacies. What legacies are we leaving behind for our children? What are we teaching them? My father was very good in playing Candy Crush. You know, he was very good in playing games. He dropped the score. Is that the legacy are we leaving? Or that child would say, you know, my father every day after Maghrib when he came home, he took the Quran Sharif and he read Quran Sharif. That teaches me a very important lesson for the rest of my life. When I come home after Maghrib, I must read Quran Sharif. That is going to be continuous sawab for you. Now you go on from the dunya. Your child is reading Quran. He's imparting that lesson to his child. Allah knows how far it goes. All the reward you are getting. Why? Because you left behind a rich legacy. But if you leave behind, you know, my father was... Very good. You know, all the time he was on social media. He had a full-time job doing nothing. Just playing with social media, talking, does that, achieving nothing. So respected friends, remember, a believer is a productive person. He's a progressive person. He achieves things. You're working for the dunya, you're working for the akhirat. But you need to achieve something. You need to be a go-getter. But now we need to turn our focus a bit to the akhirat. So Rasulullah he praises the sahabi. Excellent. Very, very profitable wealth. Sahabi tells Rasulullah you use it where you feel appropriate. Oh Rasulullah there's this orchard here. I want you to spend it and use it how you want to use it. Look at the advice Rasulullah tells, gives him. He tells him that see in your family members, there are some poor people. I want you to take this and give it to your family members who are poor people because now you're going to get double reward for that. One is you're getting sabakha and also you're joining ties. This is the advice of Rasulullah and the Sahabi goes and gives that orchard to some of his cousins, some of his relatives that were battling at the time. This was Sahaba. They invested in amal, in good deeds and that was the reason behind their success. That is why they were so successful in life. Allah blessed them with so much of success. Over a thousand years has passed. We're still speaking about Sahaba. We still say, anhum. We make dua for them. We praise them. We have the highest level of respect in our hearts for Sahaba. But this was their condition. There were two Sahaba in the time of Rasulullah who used to dig graves. Hazrat Abu Talha an, and Abu Ubaidah ibn al Jarrah. You know, Abu Ubaidah ibn al Jarrah, Rasulullah said, Every ummah has got a trustworthy 
personality and one of the most trustworthy personalities of this Ummah is Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah radiallahu anh. Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah was that Sahabi who Rasulullah gave glad tidings for him. This man is a Jannati in the dunya, Rabbi Sallallahu already told him. What is Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah doing? He's digging the graves. He is digging the graves so that when the person passes away, he'll be buried. Because he knew the reward of it. He knew the sawab of it. We don't know the sawab. Let alone digging graves. How many people even attend janazas now? People will go for weddings. They'll go for functions. Tell them go for something like that. They're in the forefront. How many people even attend janazas? And that people who attend janazas go in the graveyard and see the people standing there with their hands on their sides. That same man can go to the gym and he can carry weights and he can do this. But tell him to take sand and throw it on the grave. He can't take sand and throw it on the grave. Just stand in the back. I can't mess my clothes. I can't mess myself. Unfortunately, that's become our mindset. We were supposed to be in the forefront. We were supposed to be there to say, I want that reward. I want that sawab. But unfortunately, it's not like that. There's just a few people. And sometimes it becomes quite difficult when there's a few people and the grave is dug quite deep. It becomes quite difficult to fill that grave up with sand. But Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah radiallahu an, was a sahabi that would dig graves. Why? Because he knew the reward. What is the reward? The reward was that if you dig a grave for a person, who, the deceased, it's as though you are giving him a home to stay till the day of Qiyamah. Now how many of us can afford to give people homes? How difficult it is to buy a home and give someone. So the Sahabi went and he was digging the graves. Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah, such a great Sahabi, but he's doing this here because of the reward, because of the benefit of it. So this was Sahaba. This was the Amal. This was the deeds that they did. You know, we are speaking about spending from that which you love. Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, on one occasion, he was traveling. And on the journey, he felt like eating fish. It happens sometimes. You know, a person just gets a feeling. He wants to eat something. So he got his family with him and his sons and father wants to eat fish. Now that was that zamana. You know, children were like that. They'll do anything for their parents. Unfortunately now, we regard our parents to be a burden. But that zamana was there when they were prepared to do anything. So they went and looked around. And now they're traveling in the desert and where have you? They go and they find the fish. Find the fish, prepare it. Bring it in front of the father. Father feeling like eating fish, put it in front of him. That time he hears a knock on the door. Or wherever the, whatever tent, wherever they were. He says, who's there? He said, no, there's a beggar. Abdullah bin Omar says, take this fish and give it to the beggar. Father, we'll give him money. We got enough money to give him. You eat the fish. We bought the fish for you. We went out of our way. He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Lan birra hatta tunfiqu mimma tuhibbun. You cannot attain piety until you will spend from that which you love. Give this to the beggar. It's my instruction. He will eat the fish. I want to eat this fish now. It's fine. It's okay. I will make the sacrifice, but I will give it to that man because I will get this great reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about in the Quran Sharif. So this was Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. These were their qualities. This is how they went out to do amal. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. 
she was very very uh, attached to the chash namaz namaz that you read now like how you read ishraq normally about 15 20 minutes after sunrise you read ishraq a little bit later then that namaz is called salatu duha some say it is the same salah also it's just that nabi saw some read at different times so she would read eight rakats maybe like nine ten o'clock in the morning she will read eight rakats of salatu duha she was so attached to this that she said that if my parents were revived for me after her father Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu and her mother Umar Ruman radiallahu anha passed away she said if my parents were revived and I had the opportunity of going to meet them but at the expense of me missing this namaz I was not prepared to do that she was so attached to this eight rakats namaz that she was reading that she said that you know under no circumstances am I going to leave this out this was the condition of Sahaba. This was the condition of pious people. And this was the reason behind their success. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us in the Quran Sharif. Man amila salian, who becomes accustomed to doing good deeds. It is a part of his life. It is part of his routine. His life revolves around good deeds. And remember the opportunities will always come before you. Every day there will be opportunities before you. Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhumah. One person used to come by him every day and spend some time with him. You know, those days, people should go and spend time with pious people. They should go and spend time to learn from them, to benefit from them. So every day when they would come, he'll tell him, okay, come, let's go to the marketplace. When he goes to the marketplace, every person he meets is making salam to. Every person. Person is selling something, you know, cheap stuff some beggar that is there, someone that's just walking around, someone that's doing some business, every assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, every person is meeting salam. But not bargaining, not inquiring about prices, nothing comes back. So anyway, this person was a routine. One day this person came to him, told Abdullah bin Umar, why don't we just sit down here and talk? Because we're going to the marketplace. I don't see you doing any business. I don't see you making any inquiries, finding about prices. He said, I only go there to make salam. I go there because I know the power of salam. I'm making salam. That person is replying to the salam. Do you know what a great sunnah this is? Do you know the rewards of this? Do you know the benefits of this? Do you know what a powerful dua is? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And the person telling you, wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi. If you knew that, you would never ever miss out one salam. And now our condition, you have to pay the man to make salam. That is a condition now. He'll see you from far. He'll just turn it. He won't even greet you. Let alone people mice with their money. They even mice with their salam now. Now the man, you have to pay him to make salam to him. Unfortunately, that's become our condition. Whereas this is our sunnah. This is what Rasulullah taught us. Afshus salam abaynakum. Make salam a common practice among you. You want to create love in your home. You want to create unity within your wife, within your children. Inculcate the quality of salam. This is Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Respected friends, there's so many more incidents, but I'll just, just conclude with one last incident. And just to show you that the scope of good deeds, how many different good deeds there are. Good deeds doesn't only mean going for Hajj or Umrah. It doesn't only mean that a person reads the Hajj. There's so many good deeds that every single person can do and should be doing all the time in his life. Shibli Rahmatullahi, one day, time of Salah had come. He needs to make wudu. He's looking for a miswak. He can't find a miswak. 
restless now, you know. Miswak, such a great sunnah. 70 times more reward. Someone gives you a miswak now. Imagine a person comes from Umrah, gives you one miswak, you'll take offense. What's wrong with this man? One miswak he brought for. If you only knew the power of that one miswak, what reward that one miswak will bring you? If you only knew the benefits of that miswak, you will take that miswak and you'll kiss it. You'll keep miswaks everywhere. You'll keep in your pocket couple miswaks. You'll keep in your car. You'll keep in your office. You'll keep in your bathroom. You won't get that reward with the toothbrush, unfortunately. You can brush your teeth, it's fine. But you're not going to get the reward that you're going to get with the miswak with the toothbrush. So Shibli is looking for the miswak. Someone told him that, you know, okay, I'll sell it to you. How much? One dinar, one gold coin. A few years ago, when the price was dinar, it was about 5,000 rand. Smaller than a Kruger coin now. But now it will even be more expensive because the gold price has even gone higher. 5,000 rand, took the gold coin, he gave the man, give me my miswak. People said something has gone wrong with Shibli. One gold coin he gave for one miswak. When they told him, he said, these people have got no knowledge. In the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the whole world and whatever it contains is not even equivalent to the wing of one mosquito. All the money in the world, millions and billions and trillions and whatever you want to. But this one miswak is worth a lot in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a very great sunnah of Rasulullah and this is going to bring so many rewards in my life. And so much of goodness is going to come. 70 times more sawab now for that ibadah. Imagine on the day of Qiyamah, two people coming. One man never made miswak. The other man coming, he made miswak. 70 times is higher than you. Imagine a man got 70 million and you standing with 1 million, you like nothing in front of him. You know, think, hey, I'm nothing. This man is 70 million. You know, in worldly terms, our minds work very well. But what about sawab? What about reward? What about the akhirat? What about jannat? What about what you earned on that side? What about all your investments there? Did you ever think about this? Did you ever consider it? I think it's high time now that we start considering and thinking about this. And inshallah, if we start doing good deeds, Allah will bless us with a happy, peaceful, successful, and a very uh, productive life in this world. And Allah will bless us with great rewards in the year after. May Allah grant us true understanding. الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا
الحمد لله الحمد لله القائل والذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات أولئك أصحاب الجنة هم فيها خالدون فنحمده حمدا كثيرا كلما يحمده الحامدون ونشكره شكرا جميلا كلما يشكره شاكرون ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا أيها الناس أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون ويقول الله عز وجل يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق الله حيث ما كنت أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام والله سبحانه وتعالى يقول وبقوله يهتدي المهتدون وإذا قرئ القرآن فاستمعوا له وأنصتوا لعلكم درحمون بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم مما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وأقضاهم علي وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضوان الله عليهم وعن كل صحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون وقال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين 
والضحى والليل إذا سجى ما ودعك ربك وما قلى وللآخرة خير لك من الأولى ولسوف يعطيك ربك فترضى ألم يجدك يتيما فآوى ووجدك ضالا فهدى ووجدك عائلا فأغنى فأما اليتيم فلا تقهر وأما السائل فلا تنهر وأما بنعمة ربك فحدث الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين ألم نشرح لك صدرك ووضعنا عنك وزرك الذي أنقض ظهرك ورفعنا لك ذكرك فإن مع العسر يسرا إن مع العسر يسرا فإذا فرغت فانصب وإلى ربك فارغب الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم أنت السلام منك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله